Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. How do you do? I am Dan Day on a Monday. Woo! Interesting sports weekend, not just across the world, but especially here in South Florida. We're going to get into that in just a few when the Joe Rose Show takes a crack at the U's head coach Manny Diaz and the quote-unquote rebuild. Dan Lebitard keeps it South Florida Talking about the Hurricanes rebuild. Then we go a little national. We go a little basketball. Stephen A. Smith with Jeff Van Gundy talking about this upcoming NBA season. Remember the heat tipping off Wednesday. Triple A. It's going to be good. Speaking of good, here's some headlines. Former Canes coach Mark Rick suffered a heart attack over the weekend while the Canes suffered an overtime loss to Georgia Tech. They play again Saturday against Pitt. Despite taking their first lead of the season, the Dolphins were defeated 31-21 yesterday by the Bills. Next up, the Steelers one week from tonight. Tonight's Monday night football game will feature the Patriots versus the Jets at 8:20. Deion Waiters has been suspended from the Heat's season opener Wednesday against Memphis for conduct detrimental to the team. Tip-offs at 7:30. The Panthers have signed 34-year-old center Brian Boyle to a one-year contract. Florida plays the Penguins tomorrow night at the BB&T. The World Series is set to start tomorrow as Washington takes on Houston. First pitch from Minute Maid Park is at 8. And now let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> An Ohio man was recently diagnosed with auto brewery syndrome. Symptoms of ABS are drunken feelings despite not consuming alcohol. The man has suffered or enjoyed, however you look at it, the illness for six years now. Tupac lives in the form of a white guy in Tennessee. A man named Tupac Shakur was arrested over the weekend for meth possession and threatening cops with a knife. Thug life. An Illinois man by the name of Matty B recently gave police a fake name and birthday in an attempt to avoid being arrested for forgery. His plot was foiled by his name being tattooed on his own neck. Oh, so many jokes in this one. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast has a low chance of rain with temperatures around 85. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Joe Rose Show, they got into it with Coach Manny Diaz. Very disappointing weekend as they lost in overtime to Georgia Tech. What did they talk about? Frustrations, field goals, the quote-unquote rebuild, coaching the players up, and the quarterback situation. Coach Diaz, good morning. How are you? Doing good, Joe. How are you doing? Good, Manny. We got uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about here this morning. You know, I, I really thought after the Florida Gator game, Manny, that had a chance to win, a legit chance to win that game, I go, man, this is going to be really good. And here you are with that Georgia Tech loss, which got to be about as low as you can get, especially with all the opportunities in that game and all the things happened. What frustrated, besides losing the game, what part of that game frustrated you the most, looking back at the tapes? Well, I think the most frustrating thing has been what's been with us all season is the fact that we're, you know, we're four plays away from being 7-0. and I mean, if we, if, we can, if we can make our layups, we're at the minimum five and two. And so all the, you know, the way that we feel on the inside and the, and the disappointment and the hurt that our players feel, and that's, that's what this is all about, about those guys, how close it is 
to being so different. And even you look at the game this past weekend, you know, have the offense get the ball twice in the fourth quarter the exact same way they did against Virginia, drive it right down the field and getting the scoring opportunity um, and to not be able to capitalize, you know, I mean, to kick a, a chip shot with 30 seconds left to kick it to, uh, kick off to them with no timeouts, I mean, that's it. You're going to win the game. And I think that's the most frustrating part for, for our young men is that they are, they are they're putting in the work, they're putting in the effort, and right now we're just not getting the rewards. There's a, there's a lot of parts. I know the Bubba backs and now Turner Davidson missing the kicks and one gets blocked. Um, so are you at a point now as you get ready to play Pittsburgh and going forward? I mean, nothing's for sure. I know you mentioned that last week. How are you going to treat these field goals, whether they're 30-yard field goal or 40-yard field goal going forward? Well, again, you got you got to go with what you see in practice. And we're going to get, you know, we've got, Camden Price back in the mix as well, and we'll keep getting him uh, greased up in practice, you know, get, getting some of the rust off him from the time that he missed. But you got to count on your guys to make kicks, you know, when we've got the ball, the 20-yard line are in. I mean, that, that's got to be worth three. We're not asking them to kick very difficult kicks. Um, and the thing is, it, they are kicks that they make at a almost 100% rate in the practice, so they've got to be able to carry that over to the game, obviously, to win these type of games. Those game demons are tough, though, as you know, man. It's one thing in practice, and it's another when they haven't had success in games, and especially kickers. You've been around them like I have. They're a different makeup. Boy, when they get rolling, they can roll, and when they don't, and they get doubt, I don't know how you get rid of that. You're going to bring in a sports psychologist or something? How do you do that? We've we've been doing we've had that the whole year. Okay, I mean, I mean that's all, that's all been a part of it. I mean, and there, I mean every other way imaginable to 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 work their minds and and to get them to believe because you're right because the, and the whole team feels it and and it and it you know if you look at the opportunities we had in the game this past Saturday, we're kicking to go up by ten in the second quarter where I thought we were really in control of the game, you know, and, and miss a very easy one that that ends up getting you know and from that point the game into tied going into halftime you know and then again we mentioned the two in the fourth quarter so it is as, I, as i've said it is it is what it is and we have to continue to try to manage it the best we have uh through the remaining weeks of the season university of miami head football coach manny diaz joining us right now on the toy of hollywood hotline manny post game used a term that we haven't heard you use really this year that you're in rebuild mode or this is the rebuild for this team uh what did you kind of mean by that uh post game after the loss yeah the, the rebuild probably taken out of context the rebuild is a rebuild of our confidence. That's what we're rebuilding. And again, like I said, there, there's no there's no concept of it this year not being important because if you look at the evidence on hand, like I mentioned, we're we're four plays away from being seven and zero and ranked. Who knows where we're ranked? Same kids, same everything. All the same plays, all the same mistakes, whatever. So it's it's too close and it's too there, and our guys understand that. However, there's no doubt that there is a there is a confidence thing. We actually talked about coming off the Virginia game about finishing the way we did against Virginia in this team in terms of learning how to win games against anybody, against any competition. And that's the part that we're going through right now. That's a part of the coaching staff. We continue to try to, to stress and prove on something that I've got to do better on to, to get our guys to that level to, to do, do what it takes to win week in and week out because we can see how close that we are. Manny, the other thing is you give up, as you know, you give up a defensive score and a special team score on top of everything, and, and they ran for a couple hundred yards. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that does you in. What happened on the, the fake punt? pass were you guys prepared that that might happen or did it catch you by surprise what happened there it was yeah as you mentioned there was an anatomy of how do you allow you know so-called lesser opponents to hang into a game you know obviously we're running a screen on the first third down of the game not to say to surrender we're an outstanding screen team but just to you know hey Let's just let's not take a negative play right here, and that turned into a, a strip sack. Very, you know, very poor there. The fake punt, but then okay, we respond. We come right back on offense, go right down the field, right. score. 
stop them on defense, go right down the field and score again. It's fourteen to seven. And and by all you know, by all accounts, we are in control of the game. We've taken control of the game like we should. The fake punt, we are in our punt safe defense. It's not a special teams play. We're playing defense on this play. And in fact, it had been the second time that we had played punt safe against them in this game. And, and we knew actually from me watching pregame warmups that their punter had a great arm. He could really throw the football. We had made the correction. We had seen we had seen that we had left not covered the guy the way that we should on the first punt and we had actually made that correction on the sideline um, and said listen this is not enough and if you watch if you watch the one side of the field we cover the guy exactly like we mentioned the other side we don't and and that goes on to me right because if we're if we're if we're if we're saying it and it's not happening on the field I, I have to take responsibility of it but yes that was a play that we were expecting a fake we are in our fake defense and to give up a fake that ends up going for a touchdown mm. um these are the things that you just you know you can't have and good teams can't have and these are these are the details again this is where this is where i take the responsibility this these are the details making the game come down to field goals and that's what we talked about the team last night it's, it's obvious that you lose a game because you miss a chip shot with 30 seconds left why did it come down to a chip shot with 30 seconds left the detail of how do you get strip sacked the detail of giving up a, a a fake punt when you're in a fake punt defense and then the detail of giving up a long pass right before halftime, and again, and in coverage where that should not happen, and we should be understanding what, what, what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And so, again, I've got to take responsibility for all that and know that we can get this fixed as uh, through myself and through my staff. When, you, when you're coaching, guys, we talk about this a little bit, and, and the guys are making the same mistakes, though, or are you working on things and they still make the same mistakes? I know you're limited. It's not like you can cut three guys and bring more three practice squad guys in from the Patriots. What do you do? You just got to keep working, keep your patience. What do you do when, I mean, you're telling a guy, they could run this, this guy's got a good arm, we got to be ready, and they saw it, so let's, and it still happens. What can you do at that point? If, if you're noticing it's the same people the same week and every mistake, then it's easy, right? Everybody's say, oh, yeah, like get rid of that guy. And that's usually what is the easiest answer, you know, is to give a, a public flogging, you know. Look, it's college football, and you, right. you got to develop your players. you got to develop your guys. And and some of it is just the understanding of, of you know, when, when at times when you're playing with, sophomores let's say or freshmen and sophomores and there's certain guys that understand that the, the the urgency and the importance of when you say hey listen this is something that that there's a high chance of this happening and and their attention to detail i think is is what you're you're learning and and that's and that's part of what goes on week in week out of, of how to compete in a tuesday practice week in and week out and how do you, you know what how do how do what is a what is a big time thursday practice look like and that's what you're trying you know that's what's going on right now on the inside is the, the building of habits in everything we do every day and understand the importance of all these things that occur in a game. Does our team play with effort? We're playing with effort. The guys are working hard. That, that's, all, that's all true. The next step for us, obviously, is the attention to detail on these things that you say. And, and you know, you got to continue to develop the guys that you have. Uh, some of the problems you obviously can fix with recruiting um, and some of the, the issues you fix with age. I mean, they just, you have to mature through some of these things. Coach, unfortunately, Jeff Thomas in the news and not for a big game that he had on Saturday, but because he was suspended before the game, as we all learned about an hour or two before kickoff. Uh, is this something to be worried about for the rest? of the season or this a one game thing it's something we'll find more about uh, today i don't have the answer on that but i should know more here in the next day or two in terms of the status for this saturday and uh what do you do going forward at the quarterback situation nikosi perry jaron williams practice watch him compete this week or have you made up your mind what you're going to do going forward for this next game 
No, we got to see what they do on Tuesday. You know, just and again assess. Um, I thought Nikosi showed great toughness. Uh, you know, he took a shot in that game and went back in there and wanted to go back in there. I thought it was great to have Jaron uh, take us down the field on the one drive. It was we, we felt like you'd have he could have an expanded role. But you know, again, we, we we were out on the field last night. That was only one day after our game, so uh, we'll, we'll be off today and we'll go, go out there on Tuesday, like like we've done the last two weeks, and and see how the guys throw, see how the guys move, and and probably you know name our guy on Wednesday. Coach, when you you lose a game like that, and your fan base and your your big favorites and and you lose to to that kind of team you worry about this team bouncing back and going on oh, no and everything around it's negative when you lose everybody's like pissed off saturday night how, how do you handle it well what you do is on the inside you, you try to you have to circle the wagons, right? You have to understand that the, the negativity on the outside, that we've, we've earned that. I've earned that. I tell them to focus that on me, I'll, that I'll take the negativity. I'm, I'm responsible for it, and, and I'll accept it because I don't want a team that's playing with that burden. I'm confident what we're doing here. I know that we're going to win, and we're going to win big here at Miami. We're going through a test right now. If you look at the way that we've lost these games and the, and the manner in which we've competed and the manner that we've had a chance to win all these games and some of the mind-numbing 50-50 decisions that have gone against us and some of the most unusual things in the game uh, that have gone against us, we, we, have, we have two choices. We can sit around and we can play the victim um, about why did, why did this happen, why did that happen, why are we always getting let down by this or let down by that, or we can press on and have a chance to say, okay, listen, let's take this thing and throw it in hands. And that's just, that is just the lesson that we are learning right now. And it, and it, and it sucks that we're having to go through this and, and no one's more disappointed um, in our record than I am, knowing that I am also confident as ever that if this, this team will continue to stick together and this team will continue to fight for one another um, and the results are going to come. You feel guys are getting better, Coach? You feel guys' offensive line across the board, are we seeing young guys getting better? There's no doubt that our offensive line is, is, is getting better. They probably played about as good of a, uh, a game as they played. If you look at the you know the way that we were able to run the ball with Cam Harris when, when DJ went down, we had a clean pocket, um, really good part of the game. I, I, I thought we, we were absolutely getting better in, in that regard. And that's just, look, you know, this this team, I'm just telling you now, we're, this is – I, I'm really, I'm really proud of, of of the guys and the way that they fight and the way that they battle. Uh, they hurt because of what's going on and how they finish, but they know that it, that the, the answer is in the locker room. They they know that we we see the fix. You know, uh, we're, I think we're gonna have a great week of practice, and and I think we're really looking forward to playing Pitt. Uh, Coach, you brought up DJ Dallas. Any uh, a status uh, on his injury or any injuries that happened in the game? All, all of all the guys will get examined uh, further today. Hopefully, we'll know more about it by uh, by later today. Coach, thank you. Appreciate you coming on and uh, and talking about everything and and bouncing forward now against a really good Pittsburgh team. Boy, Pittsburgh looks like they're playing really off the slow start, up playing a lot better football right now. So hitting the road and uh, and seeing how it goes. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Anytime, thanks. Okay, not the best time and days for Manny Diaz, but they'll bounce back. There will be plenty of good days to come. I can feel it in my bones. Of course, you can download the Joe Rose podcast podcast for this show or any of the shows that you hear on 560 The Joe at our website, wqam.com. Up next, Mr. Miami, Dan Lebetard and the team taking a crack at that Hurricanes rebuild. It's the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I happen to be Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter. I got some cool stuff up there. At Dan Day Radio. Simple as that. D-A-N-D-A-Y Radio. Boom, you're going to have it all like the day spa. Dan Lebetard always making you say, even though earlier he was talking about the Hurricanes rebuild, 
but also some weekend observations. feel like the Miami Hurricanes are a national brand. They're a national team. I think most people would agree. Like, I grew up in New York. I grew up on Long Island, and we didn't really have a college team, a college football team, to attach ourselves to. You had some years with Syracuse, but if you grew up on Long Island, Syracuse is like seven hours to the north, okay? Yeah, that one year with Rutgers, I think, one year. I think it was one year with Rucker. But you don't really have anything to latch on to. And so for me, as a kid growing up who loved college football, I latched on to the Miami Hurricanes. Yep. Wow, that seems like a fun team, dangerous team, but a fun team, and a team that's going to win a lot of football games and did win a lot of football games. And I think, you know, when you had the Canes back, and it was Canes-Notre Dame a couple of years ago, uh, it, and the Canes were in title contention, it felt good. I think college football fans, most of them, I would think love when the Miami Hurricanes are relevant. Notre Dame being relevant is good. USC being relevant is good. And I was interested, and now listen, we're in Miami, but I, again, I still feel like it's a national brand, but I was interested to hear Canes coach Manny Diaz, and I want to get Mike's thoughts on this, after a loss, saying you can see the promise of the future and the ugliness of the present. This is a re- uh, rebuild. They've had, correct me if I'm wrong, top 10 recruiting classes of the last two or three seasons, Mike, and Manny Diaz was not saying this was a rebuild about taking the job. He was saying we can accomplish great things, because that's what any coach would say upon taking it job and now he's backtracked to this is a rebuild and that is not what Canes fans want to hear I don't think yeah and those comments went over as you might assume and since then he's had a couple of days after to walk them back and he has saying it's not a rebuild in terms of talent it's a rebuild in terms of attitude he was preaching that this team had what it took make it back to the ACC championship as Charlotte should always be the expectation even though this program's only been there once since joining the ACC. It's a huge embarrassment. It's a huge embarrassment. And let's say for a second that it is indeed a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Why are we hiring someone from within to be in charge of that rebuild? <laughs> Why is North Carolina doing it better when they were so much further away from you last year when you smashed them? Why is Virginia Tech doing that rebuild better? Georgia Tech didn't know how to pass last year. How come they're doing it better? Yeah, I I slammed Manny Diaz in the column I wrote off that game for bringing up rebuild one week after his team beat a ranked Virginia. This is should not be a rebuild season. Uh, the, the the Hurricanes have plainly underperformed. Uh, you know they they barely beat Central Michigan. Uh, they lost as a double digit favorite to Virginia Tech. They lose as a double digit favor to favorite to Georgia Tech. It's just a team that's underperformed. I'm not ready to write off Manny Diaz halfway through his first season, but it's been a huge disappointment. And I agree with you, Stugatz. Um, Miami Hurricanes very much are a national team. Yeah. And one of the ways you see that is that the Hurricanes are overbet. Their point spreads tend to be too high. Um, they're favored by 18 points over Georgia Tech, not just because Georgia Tech is bad, but because there's an assumption, always an assumption that the UM is either, the U is either back or about to be back. It hasn't happened and it's not happening this it's season. It's a national program because it moves the needle. The ratings are always good, but in terms of on the field, why? They're not really worth this national segment, to be quite honest. This is the longest stretch without a championship since they won their first. We're, we're in the middle of what is the worst period right. of University of Miami football after they got their first national championship. I guess, well, they're national. That's why I brought it up. And I know you're upset about the state of the, the program. And I think most college football fans want the Canes to be back. But uh, the timing was suspicious that Ed Reed tweeted out that, hey, Anyone, college or NFL, 
looking for a coaching job. And Canes fans jumped all over that. Uh, they would love to have Ed Reed be the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes tomorrow, oh, if possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was texting <laughs> right. that no tweet to my friends. No experience necessary. <laughs> not not like five seconds after I had said, you know, Miami is a program where you shouldn't be doing on-the-job training. We, we shouldn't have a first-time head coach in this program. And then Ed Reed sends out a tweet. I'm like, give it to 20. He went to hashtag Hall of Fame, hashtag College Football Hall of Fame, hashtag Super Bowl champ, more on resume. I'm good. It is time for his two guys to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boys, too. Dan, three, six, six, four, six, four to win the European Open. And just like that, Andy Murray is back. Wisconsin had a case of the look aheads. If you were saying to yourself, hey, I wonder what happened to Lovey Smith. I found him. He's doing fine, living in Champaign, Illinois, grew a wonderful beard, and is the head coach at the University of Illinois. The Fighting Illini. Death, taxes, and Wisconsin. 25 50-point games since 2015. Oklahoma with the rare, not rare, 50-burger. Cole Scherzer. Verlander Strasburg. Yes, please. Tennessee Titans in the mix. The guy who should be coaching the Miami Hurricanes is 6-1 and one and has the University of Oregon flirting with an invitation to the college football playoff. Tom Herman has not come close to meeting expectations, yet I don't hear a peep. Odd. Trevor Lawrence, overrated. Baylor Bears, college football playoff, wouldn't rule them out. Like many people, Jim Harbaugh has allergies. Jim's allergic to winning big games. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Jalen Ramsey promised the Rams he wouldn't hold out. Don't see any reason not to trust him. Jimmy Graps can scoot. Greg Olson calling the Giants-Cardinals game. For Fox, in a Fox booth, saying all he wanted to do Saturday night was watch the Yankee game. But his hotel didn't have FS1. Greg Olson, the Stugats, is strong in you. Terrell Suggs is a cardinal. Just thought you should know. Deshaun Watson should punch the Texans defense in the face. Redskins, 49ers, you owe us all an apology. Chase Edmonds, a fourth round pick out of Fordham, is why you don't use a high draft pick or spend a lot of money on a running back. Dolphins are getting really good at looking like they are trying to win and actually trying to lose at the exact same time. Sean McVay, congratulations on finding your team. If you were wondering what winning ugly looks like, 9-0 49ers. The Niners, for a day, was the most accurate nickname in the history of team sports. If they made a movie each year about every NFL team, the Dolphins would win an Oscar for Best Actor for their role in a movie titled The Tank. Latavius Murray is a saint. Aaron Rodgers, nice to see you again. In the three games since everyone said Kirk Cousins is the worst quarterback in the history of football, he's completed 
76% of his passes for 976 yards, 10 touchdowns, and one interception. And the Vikings are 3-0. and Everyone, shut up. Chargers, Titans, a microcosm of one man's career and one organization's existence. Dabo, next time you make a mistake, do me a favor. You ride the bus home. If you watch closely, you would have noticed Melvin Gordon cough up the football and millions of dollars. Knock, knock. Knock, knock, Greg. Who's there? Teddy Bridgewater. Welcome back, Dak. Now hold out. Washington Nationals. Addition by subtraction. Doug Peterson. The Joe Namath of guarantees you are not. Seems like Aaron Rodgers is making one final push to impress Dan before Dan ties the knot. Jason Garrett. Be careful. The dangerous and venomous urban snake is slithering around. He's around there, hanging out with Jerry. You've noticed that, right? Yeah. Urban saying, of course, who wouldn't be interested in the right. Dallas Cowboys? He did it under the Lincoln Riley umbrella. But we all know Urban was talking about Urban. Aaron Judge said the Yankee season was a failure. It was. Lamar Jackson is always the best athlete on a field full of world-class athletes. Stefan, you owe Kirk an apology. You digs me? Niners and Skins was the game playing on all of Art Bryles TVs in hell. Dan, those are the weekend observations. It is not a Monday until you get Stugat's weekend observations. Dan Lepitard's show can be heard right here on 560 The Joe between 10 and 1 weekdays. Of course, you can always check out our website, wqam.com, for more details. Up next, Stephen A. Smith, joined by another loudmouth, Jeff Van Gundy. Talking some NBA. It's the best of the Joe Show. Here we go with more of the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day and Stephen A. Smith getting ready for the NBA season. The Heat going to be tipping off Wednesday against Memphis. Of course, my Pelicans play tomorrow in Toronto. So Stephen A. Smith gets the coach, Jeff Van Gundy, talking about a wide-open NBA, the 76ers future. Lakers a favorite and playoffs? Season hasn't even started yet. We're talking playoffs. What's up, on, Coach? How are you? I'm doing great, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing all right. Talk to me real quick about uh, the role you'll be playing with ESPN's coverage of the Special Olympics. Obviously, that's something very, very special to all of us here. Well, the thing that I'm at today, Stephen, is the opening of the Golisano Training Center on at Nazareth College, where I graduated from. Wow. Yeah. And it is an incredible field house that's going to benefit the student athletes at Nazareth College, the Special Olympic athletes, and the whole community. And it's the synergy between the college, the Golisano Foundation, and Special Olympics New York is going to provide such incredible opportunities year-round for every athlete of every ability. And uh, I couldn't be more proud uh, to be associated with my alma mater, Nazareth, but also Special Olympics. And if your listeners want to read more about it, they should go to jointherevolution.org because it provides some really good uh, material and background on what we need to do better 
to serve these special, special athletes. That's a great, great cause. Jeff Van Gundy right here with Stephen A. ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Really appreciate you uh, mentioning that, Coach, because one of the things we don't pay enough, you don't pay enough attention to this, clearly not the case. And then when you think about Special Olympics, from what I hear, it reaches over 5 million athletes in 190 different countries. That's something special. So I really, I know that you're very, very proud to be a part of it. And, and thank you for coming on the show uh, to, to announce that. Thank you so much. Coach, let's get right to it. And um, tomorrow is the NBA beginning of the NBA season. I got to tell you something. I've been coaching, I've been covering the NBA for uh, about 25 years. I don't know if I've ever been more excited about an NBA season. How about you? Well, I'm looking forward to it. You know, actually, I like the dynasties, Stephen. I, I like when everybody's shooting at one team. You know, it's been the Warriors for so long before that, you know, the Heat. Um, and, and so I love those type of things. But this year, as far as open uh, competition, I, I think it would be very hard to predict who's going to come out of the West. Mm-hmm. And out of the East, I think everybody's thinking it's either Milwaukee or Philadelphia. But I think it's shortchanging uh, Boston. I think they're going to be good. And I, I'm waiting to see uh, which other teams develop. And I think out West, everyone's talking Los Angeles, Houston. But I think not nearly enough has been said about Utah and Denver. I, I'm excited to see both of those teams develop throughout the year. Well, let's get into, let's stay in the Eastern Conference for a quick second, Coach, because when you talk about Boston, here's what I think, and this is why I discount Boston. Even though they're very, very talented, Kimball Walker with Jalen Brown, with Josh, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, and stuff like that. My mentality is they lost Al Horford and at the same time, Philly gained him. He's now on the same team as Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, and those guys. That's why I give Philadelphia the edge. What do you say to that? I think Philadelphia is a very talented team, top-heavy. I think their depth has taken a hit. I think their shooting has taken a hit. I'm interested to see where they go uh, on the perimeter during crunch time because to me, you know, Embiid obviously is a great player at the five, but I think Al Horford also is more five than four. And I think Tobias Harris is more four than three. So I'm interested to see how all of them can mesh together along with Simmons and not so much in the regular season, Stephen. I'm, I'm interested in the playoffs. And I think for Boston, I think you have to put them behind both Philly and Milwaukee to start the year. But I think they have the power of togetherness more this year. Uh, And I think that unity and chemistry will carry over to how they play, how they stick together through uh, periods of adversity. I think people are sleeping on Boston. I was able to see Kimball Walker up close this summer with the World Cup team. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, Obviously, everybody knows about his talent, his handle, his scoring ability. This is one of the highest quality athletes that we have in any sport. And he is going to be a tremendous, quiet leader for this Boston Celtic team. He leads by example, doing the right thing every day. Yeah, because I was getting ready to ask you, what would you dissect as being the difference between what he's going to bring Boston and what Boston didn't have with Kyrie Irving? No, I think game-wise, I'm sure there's similarities Uh, I think personality-wise, I think Kimba's probably a a lot more uh, soft-spoken. But I think don't take that for not being a great competitor and a clutch shot maker. He's been playing out of the limelight in Charlotte for a long period of time. But I watched them when Steve Clifford was their coach regularly because Steve and I worked together at the Knicks. And this guy was a big game player, a big shot maker, uh, a terrific competitor, takes charges. He's undersized. But he's dynamic, he's explosive, and like I said before, he just does the right thing 
day after day, which is a tremendous leadership approach. The great Jeff Van Gundy right here with Stephen A., ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Let's transition out west. And here's my thinking. Um, I've got the Lakers as my favorites. I think that the Clippers are built better. I think that they have a deeper squad, uh, even though I think Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss and those guys after the uh, after Magic's exit from the franchise have done a pretty damn good job in terms of assembling their coaching staff and putting a roster around LeBron James. But here's where it resonates for me, Coach. At the end of the day, come playoff time, I don't know if you can find anybody that's going to be able to stop the duo that is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I genuinely believe if both are healthy, that's what this comes down to. And I don't see anybody having an answer for that. To that, you say what? Agree that they're the favorite going into it. I think Anthony Davis is such a a special talent that we haven't seen deep in the playoffs yet. Uh, but to underestimate his greatness would be a grave mistake. I just think the match, it's just so hard to match up with him. I'll be interested to see if in the first game Kawhi Leonard guards him some, or do they always put him on LeBron James? Because it's a he's a brutal matchup. You know, he can shoot it deep. He's got great uh, first step off the dribble. He can post smaller guys. So I think Anthony Davis is the hardest matchup. And yet when Paul George gets back, two wingmen like the Clippers will have, that too will be nearly unguardable. Finding one wing defender, Stephen, is hard enough. Mm-hmm. To find two to match up against that duo, nearly impossible. Jeff, when I look at the combination of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, break it down for us. Uh, what did the Clippers get in acquiring these two, and how significantly do they elevate the Clippers? I think the Clippers are number two in the East, only behind the Lakers. But I just want you to put in perspective from a basketball coach's uh, standpoint what these two guys bring to the get to bring to the table that people may not appreciate enough of. Well, down the stretch of playoff games, you can put either guy into an isolation situation and he can create his own shot. You can put him in a high pick and roll where not only can he score, but he can make all the right passes. And then you have guys who can make spot-up threes and play off the other guy when the other star is involved in the primary action. Plus, you now have two wing defenders who can absolutely lock down the top scorers on other playoff teams. So you have like such unique ability and matchup problems that you can create when both of them are in the game together at both ends of the floor. This is probably as good of wing duo as we've seen from a matchup standpoint where it really puts you in a bind. Jeff Van Gundy, what about the Houston Rockets with Russell Westbrook and James Harden? You have some people looking at them and saying, look, James Harden, Russell Westbrook is not the cerebral point guard that Chris Paul was, is, I shouldn't say was, but is. Uh, but then you look at it from the standpoint he's four years younger. He's clearly bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic unquestionably in my mind, the most athletic point guard we've ever seen in NBA history. And I think his presence in Houston could be incredibly formidable simply because of the open shots he's going to create for James Harden. What are your thoughts or what were your thoughts when you first learned that Russell Westbrook would be joining James Harden and where do you stand now? Well, they want to play together. That's number one. So they want to make it work, which I think is incredibly important in that relationship. I do think people are underestimating how good Chris Paul played in Houston. I know he was hurt some, and unfortunately two years ago he was hurt at the biggest point of the year when they had a chance to not only win that Western Conference championship, but ultimately win the whole thing. I think a lot of it is 
how Westbrook and Harden can play defensively. Are they going to invest a lot into that defensive end of the floor? Because Chris Paul, even though he slowed a little bit, was still an incredibly impactful defender. And then I think, you know, Westbrook shooting. Because, let's face it, the ball will be in Harden's hands more than it'll be in Westbrook's hands, particularly late in games. And when the double team ultimately occurs, when Harden's running pick and rolls or isolating, Westbrook's going to be the guy that's left open to see if he can make the spot up three. And it'll be incredibly important that he shoots with confidence and rhythm from behind the three and gets comfortable taking those type of shots. Because when you think about it, uh, since Durant left, he hasn't really been in that position. He's been the shot creator rather than the receiver of the pass, uh, particularly in spot-up situations. Last question, Coach Jeff Van Gundy. Who's the sleeper in each conference? Well, I'm going to give you two. Like, I don't know if they're sleepers because okay. if you sleep on them, you're fools, but no one's talking enough about Denver and Utah. I'll go back to Boston. I, I think Boston in the East, uh, not enough are talking about them. Uh, I also really, really like Miami and what they've been able to do. I'm interested to see how they play in the regular season, but I think they could go from, I think, 39 wins last year Stephen, I think they can go to mid-40s, maybe even up to 47, 48. Jeff Van Gundy, I'm looking forward to talking to you during the season, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And congratulations with Nazareth College and the Galasano Training Center opening up. I really, really appreciate your time and your participation with the Special Olympics as well. Thanks a lot, buddy. Stephen, I really appreciate the time to talk about Special Olympics. And please uh, give Mark Jackson uh, a call. He's in the fetal position over his Yankees defeat to the mighty Astros. Well, why, you know? you gotta, why you got to rub that in? You know no, I no, am, I'm too. Just saying, you, know. you, you guys too. had a heck of a year, Stephen. No, no, don't be upset. You lost to a superior team. It's okay. You guys had a heck of a year. You know what but, I'm saying? But, but, Coach, here's the deal. Why are you a closing of Aroldis Chapman throwing gas? You made your bones throwing gas, and you're going to try to get cute with back-to-back 87-mile-per-hour sliders. Why should I be happy about that, Coach? Listen, my fastball would have topped out at 77, so I'm not going to tell Chapman what to throw, but Altuve, Altuve is one of the special hitters like that we've seen in recent times. What a, what a great, great hitter. He is great, no question about yeah. it. But all right, Coach, I'll, I'll take it. Mark right. Jackson and I are both in similar positions over this Yankee yeah. stuff. I'll give you that. You rub right. that in. Thanks a lot, Coach. Appreciate you, man. All right. Steven A. Smith, Jeff Van Gundy, NBA. Ooh, my heart be still. I love me some NBA action. Got the heat. Got my Pelicans. Zion Williamson going to get healthy and start playing. Should be a fun one. Of course, we're going to keep you covered throughout the season, not just NBA, not just Dolphins, not just Hurricanes. Everything that goes on sports-wise right here at 560 The Joe. Of course, I got a craziness, not just sports, on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. So give me a follow. And remember, weeknights, 6 to 7, you get the best of The Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 